Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful here. It is May 3rd, 2022, but we are here to talk about Sunday, May 8th. We've got WWE WrestleMania Backlash. We're going to have a post-show, myself and Denise Salcedo. But right now, we're here to make our predictions with my friend, Julie Cutler. Julie, how you doing? I'm doing amazing now that I'm here. How are you, SRS? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. Uh, guys, we don't have it up on the screen, but you can follow her on Instagram at the Jules Cutler, I believe, or the Crown it's Jewels. The Crown, the Crown Jewels. Jewels. But it's crown with an E at the end. It's like the spelling. The other one was already taken, so we're just having a make it work moment. So the Crown with an E, Jewels. Make sure you guys check her out, support her. Uh, we'll uh, have a lot more ways that you can uh, check out Julie a little bit later. Make sure you subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Today, uh, we've got a whole bunch of news. There was word that a new AEW show is coming. I posted what I've heard as well as some more pitches. We have an update on Stu Grayson. Uh, after this show, I'll be posting an update on what I've heard about the location for next year's Royal Rumble. And then later this afternoon... We have AEW video game news. That, in addition to Alex's Sour Graps review, my Backstage Report podcast, it is a loaded day on FightfulSelect.com, so check it out. And then this weekend, you've got UFC 274, and right now you can check out uh, our sponsor, uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook, by downloading their app, using that promo code FIGHTFUL. Make a $5 bet on any fighter to win on that card, and if they do, get 150 in free bets Use that promo code FIGHTFUL. Restrictions and eligibility does apply, but check it out, DraftKings Sportsbook app and the promo code FIGHTFUL. Julie, are you ready to make some predictions? SRS, I was born ready. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it is WrestleMania backlash, which means we're getting a bunch of rematches. Yes, I was. that was actually going to be <laughs> one of the first things that I said. I feel like this is a stacked card of... WrestleMania rematches. Um, I mean, I suppose it's sort of fitting in this in the sense that now it's WrestleMania backlash as opposed to the artist formerly known as Backlash. Um, I mean, I think some WrestleMania rematches are sort of going to be inevitable. Yeah. Um, particularly some of the title matches, I think, are gonna be sort of inevitable anyways. I feel like that's something that people are usually sort of generally owed. Um some of the best backlash matches in history were WrestleMania rematches, like the Austin Rock rematch exactly. and Triple H Edgeman or Triple H Shawn Michaels Benoit, etc. I will say there are a couple of rematches on this particular card that I am 
excited for. Um, I don't want to jump ahead of you, but I was I was automatically thinking Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about that. <laughs> First of all, I'm still sort of, I don't know how, how you feel about this SRS or how the general public feels about this. I'm still trying to get used to seeing Cody Rhodes back in a WWE sure. ring. Um, I think that it's just wild to me that he has done something that I feel like nobody else in wrestling has really ever done before. I mean, I guess if you jump way back to the era of like the Monday Night Wars between WWF and WCW, you know, you had the back and forth there where, you know, one night you had someone on Raw and then next week they're showing up on WCW and there was kind of that back and forth. But I mean, this is something that we haven't seen anybody really do to this degree in years. So the fact that they're sort of taking that, um, you know, that real life piece of the three and they're sort of weaving that into, you know, certain things that they say in promos and whatnot. Um, I think that that's smart. That's always been my favorite thing in wrestling personally is when they sort of pull references from real life and weave that into the storyline. Um, to me, that that sort of blurred line between reality and entertainment for TV is always what makes it sort of like that next level of interesting when you kind of start to lose like, okay, like, is he is he just doing this for TV? Is he just saying this for sure. TV? Or is there sort of like a something oh, under when underneath? When I was breaking the story of Cody Rhodes' deal being up, I didn't break it for several days. I was like, am I getting worked here? Like, like how much of this is real? Exactly. Like, did somebody leak this to me as a part of a more vast work? And then I, exactly. got, I got the word like, no, he's not. It isn't. Uh, and it, I mean, there were prominent. And I think a lot of people wanted it to be a word. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people wanted it, especially people that are like, like very hardcore sort of indie wrestling and AEW fans. I think a lot of people wanted it to be work. And let me tell you, if it was a work, that would have been like one of the best works in wrestling history. Sure. And uh, we'll see how, you know, his career sort of unfolds down the line. But um, in terms of WrestleMania backlash, I mean, we saw him make his big return at WrestleMania, which I feel like was sort of, you know, people were on the fence about that. I kind of had a feeling that he was probably going to be back in WWE at some point in time. Did really? I like, like even before his deal was up? I think that there was some sort of underlying feeling that he might come back eventually just because it seemed like he had unfinished business there. It was like he was, you know, he was there several years ago under this Stardust character kind of. Uh, piggybacking off of his older brother. Yeah. And I feel like when he left, again, being Cody Rhodes, he did something that nobody in the wrestling business had ever really done, I think, to the level that he had, where he said, you know what? I'm better than this Stardust character. I want more than this Stardust character. I'm going to go and I'm going to make my a big name for myself elsewhere, which, you know, at that point in time, before AEW existed, I feel like Impact kind of wasn't as big of a thing back then. ROH maybe wasn't. Some of those other promotions weren't getting as much media attention as they're getting now. And so the fact that he was like, you know what, I'm going to leave and I'm going to make a huge name for myself elsewhere. 
at that point in time, that wasn't like a super popular thing to do. I mean, I think now people have a lot more freedom to sort of jump around. A lot of it started there because during that one year period, it was very surprising to many people that Ryback, Wade Barrett, uh, Jack Swagger, Cody Rhodes, a lot of these people were not renewing their deals. They were willingly leaving the company because that wasn't happening at that point because People in TNA were not getting paid at that point. Exactly. ROH exactly. hadn't rose to prominence. Um, you had just started to see WWE plucking people from New Japan as right. well. So like there, there was a lot of uncertainty there. And these people that that had been there and had been waiting for years, like those guys I mentioned, were seeing AJ and the Bullet Club all come over. It's like, well, well what happened? What happens with us? Right. Right. So I think that, you know, he was he's someone who very clearly is not afraid to take calculated risks in his career. And I think at that point, that was a big risk for him to take was to say, you know what, I'm not fulfilled with this creative direction. I'm a a legacy and I'm playing this character in silly face paint and I I can do better and I want to do more than this. I want to fulfill my father's legacy in a big way. And so I feel like he sort of always had unfinished business with WWE. I think he came back maybe a little sooner than, than some people thought, being that AEW really just started back in, I think the first AEW show that I went to was 2019, the summer of 2019, um, which was Fighter Fest down in Daytona Beach. And so, um, I mean, I think, you know, AEW's really just gotten established these past couple of years. Obviously, Cody's been on the record saying, I want to be one of the EVPs for AEW until I die. (laughs) So, I mean, I I guess I had some feeling that he was going to come to WWE eventually, just to kind of get that last run in. Did I think it was going to be this soon? Probably not. Um, But now that he is back um, and he has this story going with Seth, I personally think in terms of WrestleMania backlash, I think there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Cody comes back and is he going to, you know, start out big and then get buried in a couple of months. And I think, for me, I don't think you can do that if you're WWE if, and you want to bring exactly. other AEW people over. Exactly. I think that in order for him to continue on the trajectory that he's on, I think for this pay-per-view, I think that he still needs the win. I think that if he doesn't get it, it's going to be a very easy way for people to say like, oh, OK, like he came back. He got his big WrestleMania win. He got his pyro. You know, he got his moment. And now it's going to start being the downfall. I think that if they're doing this story where he wants to get on the road um, to eventually win the world championship, if we want to get Cody enough momentum behind him where people can believe like, OK, like he could really he could really win the big one here. Like they're not going to do wrong by him. I think that they still need to keep him on an upward trajectory right now. And uh, I mentioned all the New Japan names coming in uh, five, five, six years ago now when those people were on their way out. AJ has been booked really well over six years. But for every AJ, for every AJ, there's a Nakamura, a Gallows and Anderson that weren't. I think AEW wrestlers need to see a proven track record that WDB will not like just creatively bankrupt them. 
Uh, we're going to make our predictions. Guys, please leave a thumbs up on this video. Donate a super chat here on youtube.com slash fightful. You can also donate Humper Chats over at humperchats.com. You can leave this before we go on the air. We got all kinds of shows for you guys. But Throwback says, who do you see as a possible return for that show? Do you see Bailey returning here? Does WWE uh, Bullet Club style uh, happen after this show? Thank you guys for making the work day better. So let's jump into the Bullet Club aspect of this. We've got AJ Styles versus Edge. Damian Priest is banned from ringside. Finn Balor reunites, or doesn't reunite. He was never there with AJ in that Bullet <laughs> Club. But there is the, the two sweet wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right now, you got that going in four different promotions. New Japan, WWE, Impact, and AEW have some Bullet Club connection, connotation, references, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I mean, the only other person in WWE that was in it was Cody, and I don't see them doing it unless it's like AJ, Cody, Styles against the bloodline. Maybe that's the type of thing that could happen down the line, but I don't see that happening imminently. Do you see a like any more expanded Bullet Club stuff in WWE? To be honest, I'm going to say no. And I think I'm basing that off of, I mean, I think they had their little moment. I wouldn't be surprised if they have more little moments like that, or if they do like an AJ Finn collab at some point, but I don't think I'm going to, yeah. I don't think we're going to see a more expanded version of it. I think that like, the again really hardcore wrestling fans would love to see an expanded version of it um and i think that they kind of teased that a couple years ago back when anderson and gallows were still in wwe i remember they did a whole video package kind of going back through history a little bit they talked about they mentioned new japan pro wrestling by name which i think a lot of people were very surprised by at that point in time because that's typically not something that wwe does and i feel like they sort of planted the seed like they started doing balor club um and they were putting anderson and gallows with finn but i feel like they just never fully pulled the trigger on it i feel like they kind of planted the seed they kind of teased us a little bit they did some things with them as a group, but I just feel like it never really. They fumbled it. Took. They fumbled yeah, it. Yeah, they kind of they... fumbled it. And honestly, after that, especially now that they don't ha have Anderson and Gallows anymore, I don't see them involving Cody in that. I think Cody's kind of like on Cody Island right now where he's sort of, he, I don't want to, how do I say this? I feel like he's sort of on his like Cody redemption tour right now. Um especially with all the talk of the world championship. I, I don't think he would come back to WWE to do this statement when he kind of had every opportunity to do that in AEW with the guys that were there. And honestly, you know, he didn't really lean into it that much AEW. I mean, I think when they did, you know, stadium stampede and some of that, that big stuff, he wasn't, you know, really a part of some of the stuff worth, that they did with the elite. Worth noting. The Good Brothers contracts are up in three months. Okay. <laughs> Mentally noted, SRS. Everyone well, who's possibly. watching wants, <laughs> wants the Good Brothers on your show. Keep that in mind. Uh, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't see them pulling the trigger in WWE. I think, um, I think that's kind of like our indie wrestling fantasy, but I, I don't think wwe is gonna go yeah there. i think they, they might tease it a little bit they had the chance and, and they fumbled it if they did it like six years later i mean i would still enjoy it because i like all the bullet club stuff but 
I don't know. I, I think um, I, I'm thinking AJ Styles manages to pick up a win here. But Edge, like I, I've not been a fan of the promos thus far. I, to be honest, I'm so glad you said that, SRS, because I love – I mean, how do you not love Edge? I, I love mean, Edge. Edge is my childhood. And he's the, he's a great promo. He's done He's done historically a lot of great promos. I think – I was thinking about this actually before the show, and I'm glad that you said that because I think that there's a number of guys who have – reinvented themselves over the years they've come out with new gimmicks new music new gear new stables and sometimes it really works for me and sometimes it doesn't and I was trying to figure out I was like why and I know people do really like this new iteration of edge I know some people I mean alter bridge they have a lot of bops just in general so I know some people were like really into his new theme I think I'm just so attached there's part of me that's so attached to the version of, of edge that we've known for years and years and years that i can appreciate what he's doing i think that this idea of judgment day i think it's interesting i know that there's been a lot of rumors surrounding the expansion of judgment day which i think could be really interesting and i think depending on sort of how they book this upcoming pay-per-view, I'm wondering if there's opportunities where they're going to kind of debut another person in the group. I know there's been some talk online of maybe Rhea Ripley being part of the group. I think that that would actually be really cool. That might lure me in a little bit more. Um, I think that it could sort of go either way in terms of how they want to do that. I mean, I think if AJ picks up the win, they could sort of use edge's loss as an opportunity to sort of want to make his group stronger i also think that if he picked up the win that he could use that to his advantage to say okay well now my group is winning and that's incentive for people to want to join me um this is kind of a tough one because usually when i'm thinking about my predictions i'm thinking about what do I think makes the most sense in terms of how WWE wants to advance their story or how I think they should advance their story? Um, and I think, like I said, in this case, I think you could kind of make sense of it either way if you want to use it as an opportunity to grow Judgment Day. Which but, I, <laughs> uh, sorry to cut you off. You're implying, that, okay. you're, you're implying that they care about making it make sense. This is true. And we know that that's not always the case. I think mm, perhaps with the promo and the run in that we saw yesterday, I'm going to predict that AJ gets the win this time. It's it's really hard for me to say though, because like I said, like you pointed out, it's, it's, are they going to make it make sense? I think that they could make it make sense either way. Um, they love to 50, 50 people. They love to be like, Oh, well you won this time. This guy wins this time. Everybody exactly. wins. Exactly. And I think that again, it's, it's hard for me because I know some people are really enjoying what edge is doing. And I, again, I give him kudos for what he is doing because I do think he's a brilliant creative mind. I think he's a great promo. Um, obviously, he has a ton of experience in the business that contributes to him being a great promo, although I will say there are some people still from his era that I don't think are quite on his level in terms of being able to speak. But 
for me, unless they sort of expand on Judgment Day a little bit more, um, I so far it just hasn't really been pulling me in. And I, I think part of it maybe is because of the fact that we remember Edge from the first part of his career so well and we're so attached to like the TLC edge and like the rated R superstar edge and then when he came back he was kind of a similar version of where we left off and it was kind of like this was his this was his comeback this was his you thought I was done forever and I'm not and I'm back and I'm me and now you know I think he is taking a lot of creative liberty and saying you know what I'm at this point in my career and I'm going to do something different. Um, and that's a, that's a big risk to take. And for some people it works for some people, it doesn't maybe for me, I just see it as such a big with the, you know, the entrance music changing and the whole look changing and everything. Maybe it's just too much of a shock factor for me at this point sure. where it just hasn't quite been, been setting in. Um, and it's it's hard because you could always play devil's advocate and you could say, oh, well, Julie, you know, so-and-so came back and Chris Jericho's changed his gimmick. Sting came back with Darby. I mean, you could play devil's advocate and you could say, oh, well, why isn't the is Edge working for you and all these other people are? And it might just be something in a little bit intangible where I don't have like a full explanation as to like this is exactly why it's not quite doing it for me but i will well, say the, that the I story has sucked i think like the edge promos have not done it for me just not done it for me the low-hanging fruit of you don't have teeth you're you're inbred etc yeah et i mean it's easy he doesn't have the flexibility to go the extra mile that mjf does on aew tv Right. So to me, and really, really lay it into people. So it's to me, this is stuff that I would say on like an indie show in front of 20 people. Like it's right. I agree with you there. I was actually I was re-watching that segment from last night just shortly before we got on air. I wanted to make sure I was fully prepared <laughs> to talk about it. And I agree. I was listening to some of those li- and they're just lines that have been done before. It's nothing new, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's kind of an easy way to get heat amongst an audience, you know, depending on where you go, you kind of poke fun at their sports teams. You kind of poke fun at their culture. It's nothing. And, and I think that when you mention MJF, I think the, the way in which he, I mean, he does a lot of those same things too. Don't get me wrong. He does a lot of the same things too, where he kind of pokes fun at, you know, where am I right now? What's specific to them that I could kind of lay into, but I think he kind of cranks it up to 11 where he's like really insulting you. Um, whereas I think kind of that low level, like you said, you don't have teeth, you know, you're, you're not very smart. Like anyone can do that. Yeah. Anyone Uh, should do that. I mean, if they're, if they're trying to get easy heat with an audience prediction for the match, win or loser. For edge and AJ. Yeah. I think AJ is going to win. We mentioned Cody and Seth. Reminder, guys, you can get in your Super Chats, your Humper Chats, and make your predictions here. And check out uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code FIGHTFUL this weekend. Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins. There's chatter that this may continue to hell in a cell. I'm going to need something more personal for this to necessitate that. I like Rollins bringing up Dusty. I like that. I want to... I wanted to bring up Dustin. I wanted to bring up everybody. I want him to say. I, too. I mean, I think that he could go even deeper with this. I yeah. think 
like I said, I we mentioned before, you know, when he he referenced Cody coming back from AEW. I think it was during their match, and he was like, "Welcome back to the big leagues." Yes. Um, things like that. I think the more personal they can make it. I mean, I'm just maybe I'm just relentless when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to storytelling and wrestling. But I really want them to make it deeply personal. And the thing is, I, I think Seth, when we were talking about you know Edge's recent promos not quite getting to the point that we want them to be at i think that seth is someone that does a very good job of that i think um you know seth in recent years has reinvented himself but i think he's getting the point where sometimes when you lean into a new gimmick like that you really need to lean into it and like put a rocket on it and just go um and i think he's someone that's done a great job of that i love a good seth promo um but i think if they do want to give it that sort of longevity because we've this is already the rematch. I think that they need to keep making it personal. We can get the personal digs at Dusty. We can get the personal digs at, they can make personal digs at Brandy. I mean, they can make personal digs at Dustin. They could, uh, you know, they're probably not going to mention AEW by name, but they could mention, you know, keep burying, you know, his, his previous trajectory. Um, so I agree. I think that if they really want to give this legs, they need to find ways to make it more deeply personal because I feel like they've already gotten there to some degree with the dusty um mention and the mention of he wasn't good enough for the world championship you're not good enough for the world championship Dustin never had the world championship Goldust never had the world championship much to my chagrin because I was a big Goldust <laughs> fan but <laughs> sure. and, and that's um, I think that's something he's got to bring bring up like your dad wasn't good enough your brother wasn't good enough you're not good enough right and I think um if they want to pull in something, I know it. Uh, Brandy has been training behind the scenes. I don't know if she's going to have any sort of future involvement in WWE. I know she's still been working at the Nightmare Factory from what I've seen. Um, but if they even just as a mention, you know, want to do something with Brandy and Becky, I mean, I think there's something they could do there too to make it personal. They're both relatively new mothers. They're both two women in the wrestling world. He could probably, you know, he could put Becky over over Brandy. I mean, he's been, you know, multi-time world champion. There's so many things that they could do to make it deeply personal. I'm like writing, I feel like I'm just writing their whole, sure. <laughs> their whole script here. But um, because when it when is sometimes you have, you have to. Do sometimes you have, you have to. Do you have the date for Hell in a Cell this year? Is that still TBD? Let me look. It is June 5th. Okay. So one month, thinking, one month away. So I guess yeah. if it's June 5th, if it's that soon and they wanted to do one final match, best two out of three, hell in a cell, mm -hmm. I think they could do it. Um, I do think it would also buy them some time because I don't know that they're going to put Cody on the path to the world championship right away. Yeah. I think that they still kind of have, have more to do with you know, Roman and the bloodline and some, some other parties involved before they get Cody involved. I'm kind of having a hard time right now. Just seeing if, if I Cody were, and, yeah, if Cody I, and Roman, if I were doing this, I would probably have Seth lose again 
and then he's got to absolutely snap because there's got to be a reason I for agree. a third match. There's got to be a reason for that third match, but I don't want the reason to be Cody Rhodes loses. <laughs> like he should. That's, be, that's he, how I feel too. I don't think yeah. Cody can stand to lose at this point because I think that being so fresh back in WWE. I think that he needs the win in order to keep his momentum going. I think that if he loses at this point, it's going to start to make him look like he made the wrong move yeah. coming back to WWE, to be honest. I think they need to keep the momentum on him. And then if Seth, if they want to keep it going to Hell in a Cell, Seth snaps. I also think it's great. Um, any, any opportunity that Seth gets to win hell in a cell or to look good at hell in a cell, I just think is a great redemption over the absolutely horrible, uh, hell in a cell main event yeah. that was with the, the fiends a couple years back. That still leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Anything that we could do to like make Seth look good at hell in a cell. I think that they could stand to do. Well, we've got, I'm yeah, that I'm going with, uh, Cody here. We got Mad Cat Moss, Happy Corbin. To me, there's just no way you can have Mad Cat Moss lose this match. <sighs> Baron Corbin gains nothing by winning this, but Mad I, Cat Moss loses everything. And then please, please get them far away from one another. And get, I agree. Get I, the suspenders off this man. You know what? I was Who? Say, S Julie, Julie, I hold on. <laughs> hold on. Look, listen, I'll... I'll I'll just run with what this person said here. Hold That's on, hold okay. on, hold That's on. No, 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 okay. hold on. Wait, I want to pull it up here. Joe says, Sean always getting the baddies on. So as a baddie, oh, what do you think you. of suspenders? What do you think of suspenders in 2022? So here's my thing with Madcap Moss. He's I another person... Quick side note: I know a lot of people have had issues with WWE creating new stars. I, I do have issues with the suspenders. Julie. I have issues with Madcap Moss in, in terms of them pushing him as a star right now. The suspenders. Here's the thing: he looks like he is perpetually going to a frat party, but he doesn't know what the theme is, so he just shows up without a shirt on and with some suspenders and calls it a day and hopes that that's going to work for him. Yeah. And it's like when people say, uh, you know, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. The suspenders are not happening. We have, we, we need to do something different with this man. I think this is a perfect example of like, I don't necessarily think it has anything to do with him or his level of talent or his ability necessarily. I just think it's like the way that they have packaged him is just not doing it for me. Um, I do agree with you though. I think I think historically Baron Corbin has gotten so many like ch cheap wins. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean there was a period in time a couple of years ago when I feel like Baron Corbin was just constantly on our TV and constantly winning matches, constantly getting booked in big spots, getting booked against Kurt Angle and everyone was, you know, having an absolute meltdown. And I I just feel like Baron Corbin does not, he doesn't need the win. Um, the thing is they've no, done no. enough creative stuff with his character. Like they've, they've kind of started experimenting with his character enough over the. This show is sponsored by better help. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. 
a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc past couple of years where i feel like he at least has that going for him um where they've at least like incorporated some comedy personally i actually really liked when he did sort of like the depressed uh gambling uh corbin i thought that that was actually hilarious i i loved when they were great yeah i think down down bad corbin was great I think that that was that was my favorite, my favorite version of Baron Corbin because I was getting so tired of them just like shoving him down on our throat. Finally, at least they're doing something funny. Um, but I don't, I just don't think he needs it. I think Madcap Moss, in order for them to sort of put him on the map more as a star and hopefully get him doing something a little bit different, I just, I think he needs to win this, and then I think they need to figure out a way to repackage him a little bit and lean into what makes him sort of authentic and charismatic that they can put a rocket on him and do so. You want to know what I think would be an, an interesting uh, pairing at some point, maybe being doing something with him and Matt Riddle. Ooh, I think that they would Moss and Riddle. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd like to see some more interaction between the two of them. Maybe at some point further down the line when RK bro inevitably sort of, up. I'd like to see them um because I think Matt Riddle, he he has a lot of comedic value yeah. where I'm like maybe he could bring that out of Mad Cat Moss a little bit more. I um, and they, I mean they both kind of have like a well sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Okay. I think um Mad Cat Moss, like I mentioned, he kind of has that like frat bro vibe. 
So I'm like, maybe doing something where they get the, all the bros together would work in their favor. So uh, I know that Paul Heyman had major plans for Mad Cat Moss before he fell out of power, but that long ago was that. And WWE like really didn't seem to have those type of plans for him afterwards. So putting him with Corbin is like, it's one of the things, you know, eventually he's going to get over on Corbin. It's just like, what are they going to do in the interim? Because that's the thing. Every time they feud somebody with Corbin, there's like dog food or there's I some know, stupid so thing associated with it. And uh, I, I don't know why they got to go that route with Moss. It's just a terrible, terrible gimmick that leads to him finally that's getting over on, on, on Corbin. And what I think again, what they, what they could do or what I feel like they should do. And I, I know I've, I've said this on here a couple of times already. I've said this on other podcasts before. I, if you're going to give somebody a gimmick like that, you really need to make it as ridiculous as possible. It's something that you, you can't just kind of do it. half it, to, yeah. Exactly. It's not going to work if you just kind of do it. You need to do it all the way cranked up to 11 and it's one of those things i mean even if you do crank it up all the way it might work it might not work i think you know edge is kind of an example of that what he's doing right now it works for some people it doesn't work for some people but at least he you get a sense that he's really trying he's really trying to lean into that i think if they you know want to make madcap the character that they're like kind of sort of making him i think that they need to really pull the trigger on it and just do it um, but these sort of like in between characters of like, he kind of dresses in a way that I'm not cool with, but I don't really know why it just doesn't make any, it doesn't do anything for him. It doesn't do anything for the fans. It just, sure. there's nothing about it that is making him a star. You need to give it, it's those character moments that are going to make him a star at the end of the day it's like Kurt Angle um in his 2017 Hall of Fame induction speech Kurt Angle was one of the best technical wrestlers in the game but at the end of the day I mean obviously we, we remember that but at the end of the day we remember Kurt Angle singing playing the guitar we remember Kurt Angle in the cowboy hat we remember Kurt Angle with the milk truck we need character we need the character moments and I think that's what he's lacking right now speaking of Omos against Bobby Lashley I don't see any way Lashley wins this after he won at WrestleMania because I was surprised that Omos lost at WrestleMania. They used that as the catalyst to put him with MVP. Now I get it. Lashley's pretty over as a babyface right now. And there's there's some babyface qualities that he has because WWE can't really effectively book babyfaces long term. But then, when, right. but then you get a, you get a heel like Bobby Lashley, who's this big, tough son of a bitch who wins matches and doesn't make excuses. He just wins matches, he loses matches, and he doesn't make excuses. He goes out there and does his job. People find more babyface value in that than a lot of what they build. I thought that MVP was going to do the turn at Mania, and he'll say, "Oh, you showed vulnerability at Elimination Chamber when you couldn't even compete in the match." I found somebody that doesn't have vulnerability in Omos, so I'm with him now. Instead, Bobby Lashley beats Omos, and now uh, I think it's a, a fairly creative way to implement it. MVP was mad that he wasn't involved. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but I don't think it was a bad choice that 
MVP said, you know what? You didn't need me. I'm going to show you how much you need me. Right. I think I do agree with you in the sense that I think that Omos needs this win more. And part of the reason why I feel that way is because I feel like they, in many ways, like right now they kind of have like him and Drew McIntyre as their um, sort of token big tall guys. On the, I feel like they always like every you know period of time they kind of have like their token big guys on the roster, right? And um, for me, you know, a couple of years ago that guy was Braun Strowman, and in some ways I almost feel like Omis is being booked to sort of fill that Braun Strowman spot. But for me, again, character wise, he hasn't quite filled those shoes. Um, I think, you know, a couple of years ago, I was again thinking about this the other night when we still had Braun Strowman as kind of like the big guy. He had the, um, you know, the big entrance music. He had a certain look. He had the get these hands catchphrase. He, he had a lot of little character moments in certain matches over time that I feel like sort of gave his character a little bit of um, lighthearted dimension. For example, sure. when he teamed with Alexa Bliss for Mixed Match Challenge and they were the, the team Big Little, um, the cage match that he had against Shane McMahon at Mania um, and just like that visual of him like just like ripping Shane from the cage. Um Another match that stands out to me is the match where the Shield united with Kurt Angle and um, the opposing team. There was like that little, you know, scuffle between Kane and Strowman that ultimately led to their demise. I feel like there were just a lot of little character moments for him. And he already had a strong enough gimmick where I effectively felt like he became the big guy on the roster. And I feel like with Omis coming in, they didn't they felt like they didn't need braun anymore they got rid of braun but i just don't know personality wise that has effectively filled those shoes and so i think he needs to get over not just against lashley but just for me sort of in general i think that they need to continue to build him as the big guy um and get whatever sort of momentum that they can get behind him in order for him to sort of live up to that and own that role. Um, because I feel like ultimately that's kind of what they maybe wanted for him. But for me, he's just not quite there yet. We also have the Usos and Roman Reigns, the bloodline against RK bro and Drew McIntyre. This was inexplicably added to this show. They put two titles on Roman Reigns. He's defending none of them on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> they built a title unification match between the Usos and RK-Bro. That is not happening. To me, this is a no-brainer. Drew McIntyre pins one of the Usos. I agree. And, like, I mean, the, the Usos, are they have been, even while champions, they have been Roman Reigns' heater. And right. this is to just push to a match one month from now because they have no long-term ability to tell a story. Again, they haven't built any other baby faces. So they're like, we got Drew. This summer, yeah. Drew probably should be pushed appropriately because Tyson Fury wants to come in. You've got a big UK pay-per-view. You've got to make Drew strong. You've got Cody Rhodes waiting in the wings now. They haven't messed that yes. up yet. Exactly. Yet. Exactly. Randy, or actually Randy Orton can always <laughs> slide back in there, but right now he's still a tag champion. 
but I see Drew picking up the pin here. I think that that is a good prediction. I was thinking, again, thinking about this the other night before um, I knew I was doing this show, kind of trying to go through all my notes in my head. And I was thinking, okay, realistically, I feel like Roman, everyone has said this, Roman is on another level right now and nothing's going to happen to him. Mm -hmm. Um, RK bro, I think that eventually, and I feel like this is sort of the inevitable inevitable plan with any tag team that's sort of put together like this eventually somewhere down the line you know there's going to be some scuffle between matt riddle and randy orton eventually there's going to be something that pits the two of them against each other and eventually those two are probably going to feud i think it's too soon for that um i also think that they're just so good as a tag team like I think that's one of the strongest things that they have going on the show right now is the chemistry that the two of them have together and also just the fact that they're both incredible in the ring in their own individual ways um but I think it's too soon to pull the trigger on that I don't think they're gonna sort of do anything there that mess that up yet so I'm kind of trying to realistically think I'm like who can stand to take the pinfall in this match I really feel like either the Usos are the only two people that could realistically do it um and so that is why and I and I think um you know like I, I said I think Roman's on another level right now I think the bloodline's sort of on another level right now but I think that out of anyone the Usos could stand to take that loss more so than anyone else in the match which is why I I do predict the same as what you said I think it'll probably be Drew that gets the pinfall over one of them if they want want to set him up for another singles bout with Roman um I think Again, this is what would make the most logistical sense. Do I think that they're trying to plan for what makes sense? <laughs> That's always the question. That's always the Are question. they going to make sense <laughs> of what we've got in front of us? Well, I imagine that will carry over to Hell in a Cell. I, I also think Ronda... I think Cell is going to be a lot of rematches. Uh, or a yeah. lot of rematches of the rematches. <laughs> and I think probably Ronda and Charlotte heads that way too. I think that Ronda beats Charlotte in this I quit match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So far, the only title match on SmackDown or or on on WrestleMania Backlash. I just don't think there's any way Ronda Rousey says I quit. Maybe there are some shenanigans involved, but I don't think so. Ronda Rousey never tapped out in MMA. She never quit in MMA. She got knocked out a few times, but I think that this is Ronda Rousey getting her win back and getting that SmackDown title. I'm going to probably agree with you on this one as well. This one, I think is they're in a very tough position. And I think that inevitably they, with the storyline that they were building um, in regards to both Charlotte and Rhonda sort of being masters of submission. I think that ultimately this match stipulation was kind of inevitable I think that they needed to sort of go in this type of direction just with the storytelling that they were doing but I do think kind of puts them in a tough spot because you know with with Rhonda I mean she she's Rhonda Rousey she's like this huge public figure 
MMA star. She's somebody that brings a lot of mainstream attention to WWE. Um, and she's such a such a badass, not just in WWE, but just in the world of of fighting that she's someone who you look at her and you're like, there's no way, there's no way she could stand to lose. But then when you, you look at Charlotte, she's like the backbone really of the women's division and really in in the company in many ways. I think that Charlotte is, you know, inarguably one of the best female wrestlers on the planet right now. I mean, I think she's so far above and beyond a lot of other people. And I mean, I, I think a lot of people get frustrated because they're like, why is Charlotte constantly in the title picture? Um, and I, and I get that too, because it's like, you want to see other people shine, but at the end of the day, she's just on such a high level that it's, it's hard because how do you book, you know, MMA, Ronda Rousey, um, you know, mainstream superstar Ronda Rousey to lose. But then also, how do you book like your top female, um, you know, someone who's she's tall, she's got this amazing physique. Um, she's been multi time, you know, women's world champion on both Raw and SmackDown. She's kind of carrying a lot of the women's division um, in many regards. It's, you know, it's it's hard because you kind of put, put yourself in a little bit of pickle either way because you don't really want to make either of them look bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to make a little bit more sense just Ronda Rousey being who she is to pick up the win here. Um, I also think, like, for me, I'm just kind of thinking, well, what are their long-term plans with Ronda Rousey? How long do they plan on keeping her in WWE for? Because, you know, a couple of years ago, she had a great run and then she took some time because she wanted to focus on starting a family, which she did. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of wondering, I don't know all the details about her contract. Maybe you'd have a little more info on that. I'm working but. on it, always working on it, but um, I think she would have had to have signed something new. Uh, you mean Rhonda or Charlotte? Rhonda. Rhonda would have had to have signed something completely new. She would not yeah. be on the same deal she was. Right. So I'm I, I don't know what you know her current deal is, but or how much you know flexibility they give her just being who she is in terms of how they want to book her long term yeah. or in what capacity they plan on booking her long term. But that was kind of another one of my thoughts too is I mean, Charlotte's a staple on your roster. She's a staple of the women's division, whereas Rhonda in the future, is she going to be a little bit more in and out where they could stand to give her the loss? But I think at the end of the day, Rhonda being who she is and being that the arm bar is, you know, historically her her shtick for taking other people out time and time again, I, I have to lean a little bit more towards her taking the win. Guys, we will be here on Sunday, myself and Denise, with your uh, WWE WrestleMania backlash coverage. If you're watching this video, uh, leave a thumbs up. We are on podcast platforms everywhere. All your Spotify's, your Apple Music's, Google Play, all that good stuff. We are all over the place. We have tons of shows this week and this weekend uh, under siege on Saturday as well. If you have trouble watching any of these shows, check out nordvpn.com slash the fastest VPN in the world. You get up to 70% off your, your deal, plus 
30-day money-back guarantee and an additional month free with that deal. It's got that threat protection to block online trackers, pop-up ads, and malware, and it helps you avoid geo-blocking. You can subscribe to services uh, overseas that are much cheaper than here. You get a wider array of uh, selections as far as shows go. You can uh, subscribe and check out shows that normally you would have to have a regular television service here for nordvpn.com slash Fightful. Check it out. But Julie, tell the people where they can see you, where they can find you. Of course, the crown jewels on Instagram. Yeah. So right now I am not on Twitter. I may rejoin at some point. And so if that does happen, I will keep you posted. Don't do but it. You can follow Don't me do it. It's, under not, my... it's not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> I know wrestling Twitter is a scary place, yeah. but um, depending on how things go, I might make a little comeback. We'll see. As of right now, you can follow me under my uh, wrestling moniker of Heel Julie on Instagram. It is at the Crown Jewels. Crown is with an E at the end. And thank you so much, SRS, for having me. I know we have been talking about doing this for a long time. And so I was excited to make my Fightful debut. And I hope that this is just the beginning. Yeah, we're definitely going to have you on more in the future. Uh, please support Julie, guys. She's wonderful. Thank also, so she much. she made MJF's dad feel special. I Which, Stephen Friedman. Shout out to Stephen Friedman. Can we plug Pagels really quickly? We will after I read the super chat. Z Lifestyles okay. says, "Say what you will about the Edge character shift. The new Alter Bridge theme is a certifiable oh, banger. I, I love I it. I totally agree. Also, Z Lifestyle, amazing name, yeah. amazing, amazing moniker. Love that for you. Alter Bridge, Alter Bridge. They have a lot of bops, and like I'm, I'm not gonna, Bridge, I'm not gonna yeah. knock that down. We can appreciate the theme. But yeah, so I. Yeah, I'm friendly with MJF's dad, Stephen Friedman. He makes Pagels, and they're fantastic. They're I, wonderful. They I dropped, yeah, I dropped like 25 pounds over the last year. Uh, Pagels were a big reason why they, they helped my diet out an awful lot. And uh, we were we met up at which which show was it? I've Revolution. been to so many we Revolution. At, we were talking at Revolution, and then Stephen Friedman just so happened to like stumble upon us. And we all had a little moment together. Um, I think for him, like not only just being recognized, he wasn't recognized as MJF's dad. You said, oh my God, are you the Pagel King? <laughs> and for him, he was like, he was like, oh my God. He's like, hell yeah, I yeah. am. <laughs> but as, as you know, SRS, so I had just competed um, a little over a month ago in Miss yeah. Massachusetts, USA. And so I had been, um, and I'm still doing personal training. I've been doing training. Um, I've been doing a lot of nutritional planning. And so his pagels were a part of that. Um, I have to put over the cinnamon raisin ones. Those were my absolute They're great. Favorite. They're, they're my favorite too. Yeah. And they did come out also with um, their paleo gluten-free kosher and vegan, uh, English muffins. That's the newest thing that they are that they are selling. I have yet to try the English muffins, but now that we've had this conversation, I'm probably going to go over and, and order some, but Stephen Friedman was a very cool guy. Um, we talked a little bit, a little bit since then, kept in touch a little bit since then. And, um, I think that family is like one of the coolest families in wrestling. So always have That's to put awesome. over Pagels. <laughs> that is awesome. Guys, make sure you check out Julie. She will be on again in the future and check us out this Sunday 
for WrestleMania Backlash post show. Until next time, guys, we're out.